Well, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here at Next Level Church Online. My name is Joseph McMurray. I'm the teaching pastor here at Next Level. And as always, it's a privilege for me to share a message with you that the Lord has placed on my heart. Last week, Pastor Clay kicked off our Unstoppable series by talking about having a kingdom influence where we live, work, and play. There's a challenge for us in getting out of our comfort zone and putting ourselves in a position where we can truly be people of influence. Now, when I think of the word influence, the first thing that pops into my head is someone pushing someone else. I can remember my friends in junior high school pushing me to go ask a girl to dance. Of course, they were all too scared to go ask a girl themselves, but they were all too willing to push me in hopes that I might have the courage. Now, certainly there is more to influence than just pushing someone to do something. In fact, influence is one of those principles about which a lot has been written and about which a lot of people have different ideas. If you simply go to your phone or your computer and you Google the word influence, it will kick back to you more than 3 billion, with a B, results. Now, they're definitely not all useful results, but the truth remains that people are interested in the principle of influence. And as believers in Jesus, we should be also. I have influence. We have influence. You have influence. In fact, influence is yours to use. Now notice, I didn't say influence is yours to lose. I want you to look at it from the positive perspective that you have influence where you live, where you work, where you play, where you do everything that you do. You have the capacity to influence others and your influence is yours to use. Today I want to focus on the idea of using our influences, our influence in the places where we work. And you may think, well, my workplace is not like the church. Here, here at church, everyone is happy to see one another and, and we can share things with each other without fear of judgment. It's not like that where I work. Well, why not? Well, it's just not. Where I work, it's just not open that way. People are not friendly that way. It's not a place where I feel safe. And again, I ask, why not? You're there, aren't you? You may or may not be the the person in charge, but regardless of your position, your influence is yours to use. You can raise the reputation of Jesus where you work simply by being who it is that God has set you apart to be. Now, does that mean that you have to be the, the company chaplain in your office or, or, or you have to be the, the, the go-to Bible thumper at your place of work? No, it doesn't mean that at all. Does it mean that you have to, to keep an open Bible at your workstation or, or insist that every meeting begin with prayer? No, doesn't mean that at all. Does it mean that you have to be overtly Christian in your place of business? 
It does not. Raising the reputation of Jesus where you work, that is, using your influence in your place of business or your place of learning, means being like Jesus, loving people, showing compassion, offering encouragement, treating people with dignity and respect, and working to foster meaningful relationships with the people around you. You know, there's something to be said as well for just doing a good job. I spent 12 years in full-time ministry. I was a student pastor, a youth pastor for for 12 years. And when the time came in my life to uh, rehabilitate from that experience, I spent three years in corporate America. And four years ago, this January, I left corporate America to start my own business. I was determined then, as I am determined now, to to be my own boss, to have freedom and flexibility, and to see worship and work collide. And I'm still on a mission to see that happen in my business. Now, I can't express to you how grateful I am that in my partnership with my wife, Lisa was willing, now she was terrified, but she was willing for me to give up the security of a bi-weekly paycheck and company paid benefits, and that on February 1st, 2019, for the first time, I woke up self-employed. I borrowed three months of living expenses from my retirement account, and by the grace of God, I have paid back what I borrowed from me, and I haven't had to borrow another dollar from myself or anyone else. I view my business, my work, as an act of worship, and I view what I do as a way of serving others, going above and beyond in every way that I can, and using my influence to show the love of Jesus and the grace of God to everyone I encounter. Now, don't be misled. I I don't walk on water. I say things and I do things from time to time that are not like Jesus at all. But my goal is that people who interact with me will recognize something different in me. And that the difference that they see is because of Christ in me. That's how I intend to use my influence where I work. Now, that is more than enough talking about me. I want to look at us. Let's look at what Scripture has to say about us and what it looks like to influence the world around us for the kingdom of heaven. We all have opportunities, day in and day out, to influence others, don't we? Whether you recognize it or not, you do. And I firmly believe that work life and faith life are not mutually exclusive. No matter what line of work we find ourselves in, we can influence others in the name of Jesus and make an impact for the kingdom where we live, work, and play. There's a familiar passage of Scripture. You may have even heard me teach this passage before, but I love it. And there's so much truth in it and so much beneficial for us. Matthew chapter 5, just verses 14 through 16. It's a part of the, the most famous sermon that Jesus preached, his Sermon on the Mount. 
And this passage of scripture is familiar for a lot of us, and it, 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 excuse me, it illustrates this idea of our influence in an impactful way. I want you to read along with me as I read Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 14. Jesus himself says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. By studying this passage of Scripture this morning, I want to show you three ways in which your influence can raise the reputation of Jesus where you work. The first idea is this. Your influence is noticeable. Whether you recognize it or not, in your place of business, whether you work for someone else, you're self-employed, Maybe you're retired and you spend time volunteering. Wherever it is that that you do work, your influence is noticeable. Moms, maybe your work is to make sure that your house keeps running the way that it should. Your influence is noticeable. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You, You may have heard me teach this passage of Scripture another time and share that From the hillside where Jesus is assumed to have preached these words, there was a literal city on a hill in the distance called Susita. And in the darkness of first century Israel, the lamps in the city of Susita were visible from all around the eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee. Why? Because it was on a hill. When Jesus told those who would follow his teachings that you are the light of the world, the the metaphor made sense because in first century Israel, it was dark. They had seen Susita at night. They had seen the city on the hill lit up with lamps. They knew what it meant to be a city on a hill. They knew what it meant to shine light in a dark place. By definition, influence is the act or power of producing an effect without apparent force or direct authority. Every day we interact with a world that is shrouded in a metaphorical darkness. As followers of Jesus, we are the light of the world. And when we love people and when we offer grace just as we have been loved and given grace By God, we shine like a city on a hill. Every single one of us has influence. And we should ask three questions on a regular basis. The first is, who am I influencing? You may be sitting there now, or you may be watching me and thinking, I have no influence. There's no one in my place of business. There's no one at my work who, who looks to me for answers. There's no one who, who looks to me to be influenced. And I say, false. If there are other people where you work, whether you're working remotely or in person, you have the capacity to influence. 
You have the capacity to shine the light of Jesus Christ into the darkness wherever you work. Who are you influencing? Who are you interacting with on a day-to-day basis? And through your speech, through your actions, through your attitude, through the way you treat them, do they recognize the Spirit of Christ living in you? That is your influence. Secondly, what kind of influence am I? Are, Are you a positive influence? Listen, followers of Jesus in the workplace should be a glass half empty. That's wrong should be a glass half full kind of person. A positive influence on those around you. Are you you positive or are you negative? Do you represent the Jesus you claim to follow? Third, where will my influence lead? After an interaction with you, what will that coworker or, or that customer or that client experience? Will they be drawn toward the kingdom of God or will they be convinced of what they already thought about Christians? Where will my influence lead? Listen, just like like a city on a hill, your influence is noticeable. Next, your influence is tangible. Matthew chapter five, verse 15. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Now, obviously, Jesus is talking about illumination in a home long before there was electricity. The only way to light a home, which was more like a, 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 a mud hut, was to light a lamp, an oil lamp, and put it on a stand so that the light from that flame would fill The room. When a lamp is on a stand, it spreads light into the whole room. And everyone in the room benefits from that light. You are that lamp. When your light is the light of the love of God inside you, and that light is put on display, the people in your life, the people at your work, benefit from it. I read an amazing story recently about Millard and Linda Fuller. Those names may not ring a bell to you, but in a moment, you'll know exactly who they are. Millard was an attorney and a businessman. He was a self-made millionaire by the age of 29. He had it all. He had multiple houses, luxury cars, designer clothes, beautiful jewelry, He was the world's example of a self-made man. And yet, despite all of his success, he found his life empty. His marriage was on the brink of collapse. And as he and his wife began to discuss divorce, God dealt with him one night in a dream. In the dream, he gave away all of his wealth And he began to invest in the lives of other people. Now, time out. By the way, this is a true story. This is is not a story that, uh, that Jesus made up and told to illustrate a point. This is a true story about a true person who truly lived right here in the good old U.S. of A. And in a dream, he saw himself give away all of his wealth and invest in the lives of other people. 
And when he shared this dream with his wife, she told him that she had had the same dream. And they knew something was happening in their lives. And instead of divorcing, they made a new commitment to each other and began to divest themselves of their fortune. The year was 1968. And in 1976, Millard and Linda Fuller founded Habitat for Humanity. Fast forward to today. Habitat has helped build or repair more than a million homes. They've served millions of people around the world. At one time, Millard Fuller had millions of dollars, but he was miserable. And when he died in 2009, he oversaw an organization that handled 10 times as much money as he ever had. And he made his life giving it away. And guess what? He was happy. Begs the question, do do you manage your possessions or, or do they manage you? The Fullers figured something out. God owns it all. We are here on earth to be his managers. God wants us to to partner with him. Without him, we are merely struggling through life, amusing ourselves with with our accomplishments that, that neither last nor satisfy. Millard Fuller would tell you that the possessions in this world will never make you happy. But discover a relationship with God and watch what happens. Put your light on a stand and allow that light, the love of Jesus, the grace, the goodness, the kindness, and the hope that comes with it. Allow that light to impact the lives of the people you encounter. Your influence is tangible. You may think, Joseph, I'm not a multi-millionaire. I don't, I, don't have, I don't have millions to give away and invest in others. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to have anything to your name to share the love of Jesus, to share the goodness of God, to share the peace of Christ with the person who works next to you. With, with, with a person that, that you're calling on the phone, with a person who you're serving through whatever your employment is. Your influence is tangible. It can be felt in your attitude, in your actions, the way you treat those you serve. Finally, your influence is not your own. Matthew five sixteen says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that... They may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. When it comes to our, our work, our, our, our work life, faith life balance, every decision you make is like coming to a crossroads. Should I go this way or, or should I go that way? When you think about deciding if or where you're going to go to college, should I, should I go this way or that way? When it comes to your relationships, uh, specifically talking about working relationships, should, should I take this relationship this way or that way? In business, should I invest my time and my resources this way or that way? And the list goes on and on. And when we come to these crossroads in life, we either confirm or compromise our commitment to God. 
Jesus said, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to God, your Father, who's in heaven. See, your light is meant to shine. Not to, not to shine the light on you, but to give glory to God. Your influence is meant to affect the world and others around you, not to give you notoriety, not to bring me fame, but to point to the author and finisher of our faith. Your influence is not your own. Your influence is yours to use to bring glory to God. So today, I want you to ask yourself these three questions that I've brought up a little bit earlier. Who are you influencing? There is someone, if not many someones, you're interacting with on a day-to-day basis. Who are you influencing? What kind of influence are you? Are you a positive influence? Are you a negative influence? Do you represent the Jesus you claim to follow? What kind of influence are you? Are you an encourager or are you a discourager? Are you one that, that shares goodness and grace and mercy? Do you represent Jesus well? Finally, where will your influence lead? Where will my influence lead? Will that coworker or customer or client be drawn toward the kingdom of God based upon their interaction with you? See, look, your work is not just about your employer or your bottom line. Your work is about raising the reputation of Jesus where you live, work, and play. You don't get to check out of faith life because you're living in work life. No, friend, you are the light of the world. when you're at work as well. We all have influence, and it's ours to use to direct people toward the love of Jesus, people who are lost and wandering, people in need of a Savior. Who are we influencing? What kind of influence are we, and where does our influence lead? Examine your life. Are there areas in which you recognize that your influence is not leading others toward the love of God in Jesus? Are there ways you realize that you could leverage your influence less for yourself and more for the kingdom? I want to close by showing you a great example of influence from the Old Testament. I'm not going to put these verses on the screen for you, um, but I want you to listen to the story as I read it. It comes from the book of Daniel, beginning in chapter 5. And if you remember or are aware, Daniel was a part of a, a, a group of people from Israel who were, who were uh, taken captive into Babylon. This is part of ancient Israel history. In Daniel chapter 5, tells a story about the influence that Daniel had even as a captive in Babylon. Beginning in verse 1, King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. And while Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem so that the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines, might drink from them. 
So they brought in the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem. And the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines drank from them. As they drank the wine, they praised the gods of gold and silver, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Suddenly, verse 5, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote. His face turned pale and he was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. The king summoned the enchanters, the astrologers, the diviners, and he said to these wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck, and he will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. And then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or tell the king what it meant. So King Belshazzar became even more terrified, and his face grew more pale. His nobles were baffled. The queen... Hearing the voices of the king and his nobles came into the banquet hall. May the king live forever, she said. Don't be alarmed. Don't look so pale. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time of your father, he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods. Your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed him chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. He did this because Daniel whom the king called Belshazzar, was found to have a keen mind and knowledge and understanding and also the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel, and he will tell you what the writing means. So Daniel was brought before the king, and the king said to him, Are you Daniel of the exiles my father, the king, brought from Judah? I have heard that the spirit of the gods is in you, and that you have insight, intelligence, and outstanding wisdom. Now, you can go read the rest of Daniel chapter 5, but Daniel ultimately tells King Belshazzar, party's over. It would be the end of the king's reign and ultimately the end of his life. Now, Daniel qualifies as one of the world's all-time great influencers, not because he could interpret the handwriting on the wall, but because of the difference he made with his life. Living even in captivity, he had no apparent direct influence, but light always shines in darkness. No one could interpret the prophecy, not the Chaldeans, the soothsayers, the astrologers, the magicians, the Babylonian wise men, not one person that was summoned by the king. But the queen said, listen, there is, there's this man. There's something different about him. He has the spirit of the holy gods in him. What an incredible testimony. How did she know what was going on in Daniel's life? Had she ever heard him preach? Had she ever watched one of his videos on TikTok? Had she ever been to his church? No. She had seen his life and stood in awe. He had been an influence. She noticed there was something different about Daniel. His light was shining just as we see in Matthew chapter five, beginning in verse 14. Even though Daniel didn't know Jesus the same way we know Jesus, and even though Daniel lived long before the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus spoke the words about letting your light shine, Daniel knew that by living a life that was faithful to God and compassionate toward others, he could have an incredible influence on the world around him. See, what we see from Daniel is that his influence was noticeable. It was tangible. 
and it wasn't his own. May this be true about each of us as well as we live out this unstoppable mission to raise the reputation of Jesus where we live, work, and play. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for um, an incredible example from the scriptures uh, of a man like Daniel who lived a life that honored you, who lived the example of one whose influence shined like a light in the darkness, so much so that it was recognized by someone who clearly had no relationship with you. God, would you help us to recognize the influence that we have, not just where we live and not just where we play, but also where we work, that our influence on the lives of others would be tangible, that you would, that you would make it noticeable and that we would recognize that it's not just about us, but it's about you. Open our hearts, open our eyes, give us the desire, God, to influence the world around us with the love of Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Thanks again for joining us this morning. I hope that something you have heard today has influenced you to recognize the influence that you can have in raising the reputation of Jesus where you live, work, and play. I hope that you will share this video with someone else that they might be able to watch it and get something out of it. And we certainly would love it if you would support the ministries of Next Level Church by giving uh, right here on our website, nextlevelchurch.org slash give. I'd love to read over you one more time this passage from Matthew chapter 5, that each of us might shine like a light in the darkness. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Now may you, as you go into your work week, may your influence be noticeable and tangible. And may you recognize that it's not about you, but it's about him. God bless you. Have a great day.